So as a student pastor, I work with, very good, y'all are very smart. I work with students, and students in America, um, middle school and high school students, are generally teenagers. Teenagers, I know that some of you feel grown and all that kind of stuff, and the, and the law says you're, when you're 18 um, that you are a, an adult. But when you are a teenager, you are, um, overall, you are young in the world, you are young. And so that's not an insult, that's just the truth. You are at the beginning of your life. And there are a lot of good things about being young. There are a lot of very good things about being young. Um, first off, uh, you, your body feels good generally. Generally, these are, these are generalities. But generally your body feels good. Your joints aren't sore. You don't wake up in the morning and like have to like do like a bunch of poses to be able to walk. You, uh, you, you, you kind of generally feel good. You generally get a little bit a little bit less sick than maybe an older person. Um, you generally just feel a little bit more full of energy. You have a faster metabolism. Some of you don't know what that word means. You can look it up. It means that your body processes calories faster. And so while we have all different shapes and sizes, generally young people, young people generally are able to have a higher metabolism rate, meaning you can eat junk, you can fill up your body with junk, and generally your body will process it better than when you maybe turn 24, or 34, or 44, or 54, and so on and so forth. And when you get older, those, uh, that, that process slows down. You might eat the same things, and you might notice like some people, like they gain a bunch of weight when they're like 28 or when they're 38 or whatever like that, and, uh, and your parents might not be the same size in the, as they were in the pictures when you were like three years old, now that you're uh, 16, 17 years old. But that is just what happens with metabolism. It slows down. And that's a, a bonus of being young. Another bonus of being young is that generally you have less responsibility. I know some of you are like, well, I work at Publix and I work 12 hours a week. Well, great. Good for you. But when you are older, you have to have a career. You have to make a certain amount of money. You have to buy a home. You have to buy, rent an apartment, all those kind of things. And, and you have more responsibility when you're young. Generally, your parents pay uh, for your housing. Generally, your parents pay for your food, your clothes. If you need something really bad, you can kind of get it. Um, and you don't have to work 40, 50 hours a week, although school is 40, 50 hours a week, um, so that stinks. But uh, school is, is a little bit different than a career. You don't have a, a husband or a wife um, that you are uh, kind of, kind of uh, what, what's the word, connected with and um, that you have to report to or tell, hey, how, this is how my day was. This is what's going on here. This is my schedule. You kind of just go where you want and do what you want. You don't have kids. You don't have to worry about, uh, generally, um, you don't have kids when you're in high school or when you're in middle school and you kind of walk around through life and you don't have to worry about a young child and, and being responsible for that child. Generally, you have less responsibility. So there are some good things about being young. There's one thing, and this isn't an insult, it's just the truth. There's one thing that young people lack. There's one thing that young people lack, and that is experience. We don't have that much experience. We don't really remember the first four or five years of our life. The next four or five years of our life, we're like drawing and coloring and learning multiplication and, and, and having people dress us and all that kind of stuff. So that really doesn't count. And so you are just getting into, if you're in high school or middle school, you're just getting into the point of your life where you actually experience choices and experience the consequences of your choices. But young people generally just lack experience. And many young people, teenagers, make up for this lack of experience through something called trial and error. They decide, it's kind of like how a puppy learns, and it's really not a very good way to learn, but a puppy, if it uh, goes number two in your living room, gets smacked or yelled at, and it learns, hey, I shouldn't do this because 
apparently it upsets this human being that takes care of me and feeds me and washes me, so I should not do this. Or or if they uh, chew something up they weren't supposed to chew up and they get beat or they get yelled at or whatever you do to your dog when you get in trouble, I'm not judging, I'm just, everybody does something different, Um, then uh, then they learn, "Ah, I shouldn't do this because they experienced a consequence. It's the same thing about like when you're little and uh, you learn about not touching a hot oven. You can learn one of two ways. You can learn by touching it, burning yourself, going to the hospital, wrapping your hand up. It's blistering, all that kind of stuff, tears, all that stuff, a bad memory. Or you can learn by simply having someone tell you, you should not touch that. It is hot. But young people generally like to say, "Ah, live and learn, right? I'll just, I'll try it out. I can do anything once. I'll try it out. I'll see what happens. And then I will learn from it. The problem with this approach is you inherit uh, or you cause yourself a lot of harm. And it's not just physical, but there's a lot of other types of harm and scars that come into my life. Um, have you ever had one of those decisions that you thought at the moment was like the best decision ever? And then after it happened, you were like, why did I ever think that would be a good choice? When I was, uh, when I was growing up, um, I lived in Tampa. And uh, it was kind of like your normal little suburbs and middle class suburbs. And uh, we, I, I, don't, I don't think it happens as much anymore, but we like played outside and like rode around on bikes and built forts and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I had this friend in my neighborhood named Matthew Dupont. And uh, at the time, um, these things called rollerblades were cool. Some of you own rollerblades. Do any of you own rollerblades? Okay. So they're cool again. All right. So uh, like three people own rollerblades. But in the 90s, everybody owned rollerblades. And they were like a step up from uh, rolling, roller skates. Like roller skates were wheel, 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 wheel. And they had a little stopper on the front. Um, rollerblades were called, also called inline skating. And it was four wheels in a row. So it was a lot cooler. And uh, you would ride around. Um, and uh, you would just kind of do what you do on a skateboard or a bicycle, but slower, and it took more energy, and uh, so that was cool, and I had one of those, and I would just kind of go around, or I had a pair of those, and I would just kind of go around the neighborhood. My friend had something equally as lame. Um, it was a bicycle, and I don't know if they make these anymore, but it was like, um, it had these plastic parts on it to make it look like a motorcycle, and a little flag on the back, really, really stupid, really 90s, um, but he would ride around on it way past when he should have been riding on it. It should have been like a seven-year-old bike. He was like 13 years old, still riding it, and it was white, had an orange flag on the back, and he would ride around on it, like, making vroom, vroom noises like he was on something real, but it was just um, a, a lame bicycle. So um, one day, he gave me this great idea. Well, at least it was good to a 12 or a 13-year-old. He said, hey, Ryan, uh, instead of uh, going everywhere on your rollerblades, um, that, that's so hard. It takes so much energy. You go so slow. Um, how about I tie a rope to the back of my bike and I pull you down through the neighborhood. Here, here, are the, here are the benefits of this. Remember, we lack experience as young people. Here are the benefits of it. Um, you won't spend energy. I'll spend all the energy, and you will go faster. And I was like, oh, sounds good enough to me. And so I get on, uh, I get on my rollerblades, and I'm kind of holding on to this little, like, uh, I don't know, it was like I was water skiing or something. I held on to the rope. He tied it around the back of his motorcycle, bicycle, and he took off. And I remember I was like, man, this is great. I'm going down the sidewalk. There's not much friction going on. It's smooth sailing, waving bye to my neighbors, waving bye to my house. I'm kind of going down. And then I remember, like, you know those moments that, like, take forever, but they're really only, like, two seconds? I remember him taking a turn towards, uh, towards the road and down a driveway. And, uh, the thing about driveways is in, in, in a civilized country such as ours, we have drainage and we have gutters. And so the gutter goes like this. And I wasn't really that good at skate er, at, at, uh, uh, rollerblading. So, um, 
So he starts going that direction. I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. This isn't good at all. I'm going to hit that bump. And it, but then I started thinking, well, maybe I could, maybe I, this is all happening in like five seconds. Maybe, maybe I'll be okay. Maybe if I just bend my knees. Um, I've, I've seen other people do it. Or maybe I could do one of those little like, like one-inch jumps and be like legit like I'm X Games or something. And I'm just going into it. And, and, he, and it's like it took forever. And I was like, oh, gosh, this isn't going to be good. This isn't going to be good. But I couldn't really yell at him. And he couldn't hear me anymore. He was so far away on that, that rope. Was, uh, we were so far from each other. And so I was just like holding on for dear life, closed my eyes, and my, my rollerblades, kind of the front of them just hit the bottom of the gutter, and I flew, and he kept riding. He didn't even know I fell off, and I'm just like on the floor bleeding on the ground. I got like, you know, when you have like a cut, but it's not just a cut. It's got like dirt and like asphalt in it, and it's like, oh gosh, this can't be good. Um, so I had one of those, and I just screamed. We didn't have cell phones, so I couldn't text my mom and say, like, I'm dying. I just had to uh, scream until she checked on me or looked out the window and saw me. And she came out, and she's like, oh, get up, and I'm crying. I'm like, this hurts, and it's so deep, and it's blood running down my leg. And then it started to scab up after a couple of days, but it wasn't over yet. It wasn't over yet. That bad decision um, led to another consequence because I went to the doctor, and he said, it's infected. And so he pulled out this big, uh, this big uh, container of this brown liquid that they call iodine. Iodine cleans your wounds. And this was like a week old wound. And he takes it out. And he just starts dumping it on. And it's just chugging out of the bottle. And my whole, I just remember my whole knee being brown and covered in it. I'm like, oh, this, I'm yelping in pain. And he's like just taking like a, like a cotton ball and just scrubbing it out, like scrubbing off like the dead skin that's been growing and it was infected and all that stuff. And he's just like going like this. And my mom's like holding me down. I'm like clenching, biting on a stick or something. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, Oh, this was, this was such a bad decision. Why did we ever think that was a good choice? And we make decisions like that all the time. But they don't just lead to physical scars. Because physical scars, it's like, oh, it's funny. You know, it heals and you're all good. It's no big deal. The worst, the worst decisions lead to some emotional and relational scars. Because we all think, we all think that we are the exception. That this decision won't affect me like it affects someone else. Like, um, like, like when I was doing that, I was thinking, this is going to end well. I'm, I'm not going to be the one that falls. And we do that all the time. We make a decision on a weekend. We make a decision um, hanging out with our friends. We make a decision having to do with school or having to do uh, with, with a relationship. And we think this is not going to end poorly. I am the exception. It might end poorly for them, but I have more self-control. I, I understand more about this. And so th- this, this isn't going to negatively affect me. We think it's just one time. What, what, what can one time hurt? And we think there will be no scars. There will be no regrets. See, the truth is nobody plans to ruin their life, do they? Nobody wants, nobody wakes up in the morning or nobody uh, dreams about ruining their life. They don't dream about going into debt. They don't dream about being in an affair. They don't dream about being addicted to pornography. They don't dream about being addicted to some substance. Uh, They don't dream about losing their job or about failing out of high school or failing out of college. They don't dream about all these bad things and having bad relationships with their family and their friends they don't wake up wanting those things, do we? Nobody wants that. We all want good things for our lives. And yet, many of us, most of us, do not plan not to mess up our lives. We don't take steps to avoid some of these consequences, some of these regrets, some of these problems in our life. But what if I told you, what if I told you you could be young, you could be young, And have the good that comes with being young, but you could also have the good that comes with being older. 
What if I told you you could be young and you could spend your life having less consequences, less regrets, less problems, and more freedom in life? I want to introduce you to a word called wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. This series is all about wisdom. Wisdom, you've all heard the word, but here's how I want to define it for you. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. You can write down this. Knowing what to do in a situation that you have never experienced before. That's how I would define it. Wisdom is knowing what to do in a situation that you have never experienced before. It would be like me being about to get pulled on this bike and me saying, I don't think this is going to end well. I'm not going to do it. And I don't have to fall to learn from it. I just say, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't a smart choice. I probably probably shouldn't do that. If you live your life following wisdom, then you can be both young and old at the same time. Because as I've said, there are two ways to learn. You've heard me say this before. You can learn from experience, which is doing something stupid and learning from it. You can learn from experience, which is doing something stupid and learning from it. Or you can learn from wisdom, which is learning from the stupid things that others have done. This is why your life group leaders are older than you. Because you can learn from people that have lived and done stupid things or seen other people do stupid things, and they can tell you, hey, that's probably not the best idea. And then you're like, no, 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 I know better, blah, blah, blah. Well, you're trying to learn from experience. You want to do something stupid and then see what happens and hope that you're just, you're just the exception. You'll be okay. You won't get addicted. You won't, you won't hurt that person. You won't hurt yourself. It, it's okay. And your leader or me or your parent or other people in your life that love you, or maybe even people that are your friends that have just experienced a little bit more in this certain area of your life than you have, they're trying to give you wisdom. And you can learn from the stupid things that they have done, and you don't have to deal with the regrets and the consequences. Job 12, 12, it's in the Bible. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. And uh, it says this. It says, is not wisdom found among the aged? Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding. What it's saying is older people have an experience and a knowledge that younger people do not have. This is not a cut down on young people. It's just the truth. And you have a choice. You can either do what you want, mess up your life, fall and get up, fall and get up, and walk around with scars all over yourself, both physically, emotionally, relationally, or, or you can listen to the wisdom of other people. You can read about the, the, the experiences of other people. You can look at scripture God's book, God's letter to us, which gives us direction, gives us wisdom, and live a life that's more fulfilling, more freeing, with less hurt. And so I want to look at Ephesians, three verses, three simple verses, verses. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, and the, the scripture will be up on the board or on the, on the TVs if uh, you don't have uh, a Bible. So Ephesians is written by Paul, and he writes it to these, this, this church in Ephesus, which is in kind of Asia Minor area um, in, in Asia. So, um, and uh, he, he writes it to them, but he's really kind of writing it. It was like kind of circulated. So he's writing it to like a bunch of churches. Thousands of people are reading this letter over, over the course uh, of the next few years after he writes it. And he writes it to these, these Christians, these churches. And the first three chapters of the book, either of the chapter, or I'm sorry, of the letter, um, is it's kind of like um, theology. It's kind of like talking about how much God loves us, how much God's done for us, all these things. And then the last three chapters, 
are about how to follow Jesus. We talked about it at Epworth, what it means to be a follower of Christ. So he's giving them practical information. Basically, he's writing from his experience how to live a life following after Jesus so that these people don't have to trip and fall, that they don't have to mess up, that they don't have to live and learn, get slapped, get punished, have all these consequences to figure things out. They can just follow after the words that God has given him, this wisdom. And so this is what he says. In these three simple verses that we're going to base this entire series on, he says this, be very careful, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Here's what he meant by that. He meant you don't have that many days. Like every day that goes by, if you do nothing and you miss opportunities, that, that's bad, that's evil. And you need to take advantage of the time that you have. You do not have forever. You have a certain amount of time. And as young people, we think we have forever, but you have a certain amount of time. So he's saying, be careful how you live. Take great care. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish. You know what foolish is? It means you mess up and you try again. You mess up, you try again. You mess up, you try again. You mess up, you try again. And you keep having to mess up to learn. You keep having to screw up your life to learn. And and Paul's saying, you don't have to do that. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Don't be unwise. Be wise. Understand what the Lord's will is, which leads us to the best question ever, which leads us to the question that can change your life. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? This is big. It's very important. Are you ready? You don't seem very ready. This, this could change. This could change the rest of your life. This could change your, your decision making. This could change uh, the, where you're going, what direction you're going. Here is the question. What is the wise thing to do? Wow. What is the wise thing to do? I know you are all shocked and awed by how amazing this question is. I know it's opening things in your mind that you've never even imagined before. No, what you're probably thinking is that's the stupidest question I've ever seen. That's boring. That's short. That doesn't even make sense. Like, this doesn't tell me anything. What is the wise thing to do, Ryan? Well, why does that matter? How is that the greatest question ever? How can that change my life? Here's why this is important. This question will lead you to wisdom. This question will lead you to not making mistakes and avoiding things that you don't have to experience that God doesn't want you to experience. God doesn't want bad things for you. He wants good amazing things for you. He has a plan for you that does not involve um, just, just being hurt and, and having all these regrets and consequences. He wants freedom for you. And the way we can get to wisdom is by asking in every situation, what is the wise thing to do? Here's, very, here, here's what's very important. It's not what's right or wrong. That's usually where we start. Is it right or wrong for me to do this thing? Is it right or wrong for me to make this decision? The thing with right or wrong is it's very subjective. Some people think this is right. Some people think this is wrong. And, and, and there's a lot of gray area, isn't there? There's a lot of things that we're not sure what the answer is. And, and so we don't know what to do by saying, is it right or wrong? Uh, an even worse question to ask yourself is, is it illegal or is it legal? Because there is a very low standard for what is legal and illegal. There are a lot of things that are not wise for you to do that are legal. There are a lot of things that are not wise for you to do that might, some people might say, oh, that's, that's okay, that's right. There's no problem with that. So the question is, what is the wise thing to do? Let me give you a couple of examples. Speeding. Speeding. I know not all of you drive, um, 
But generally, generally, and I know this is actually illegal, but um, many people, you might say, well, everybody does it, right? Everybody speeds. Uh, you can go about uh, 10, 15, 20 miles an hour over, and if no one catches me, it's okay. And you might say, well, um, and that might be your gauge. It might be not what's right or wrong, what's legal, legal. It's what can I get away with? How, how much can I do and still get away with it? Those are not good questions to ask because if you ask yourself those questions, they don't really get to the bottom of, is it wise to speed? Because some people might say, oh, it's okay. Some people might say, well, as long as you don't get caught, it's okay. Or it's worth getting caught. I just want us to think about it. Let's think about it together. Is it wise to speed? And even if you don't drive, you can still come to a logical conclusion with us. Is it wise? Are you going to get where you're going faster? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But overall, probably not, especially if we're driving around town. If you go five miles over the speed limit, if you go 20 miles over the speed limit, you might get there like 30 seconds earlier or a minute and a half. What are you going to do when you get there? You're going to be like, oh, wow, this extra minute and a half is great. I mean, I love this. This is great. No, that's not what you'll do. You'll just go on about your life. But is it wise to do? Is it worth the financial risk? No. Anybody that's ever gotten a ticket, me, uh, knows that it's not worth $300 to speed. It's also not worth the points on your license, which leads to more money in insurance and all that kind of stuff. And it's definitely not worth going home to your parents and showing them the ticket and having them yell at you and then go get the driver's school from Blockbuster, which doesn't even exist anymore, and spending six hours on a Saturday getting those points taken off your license. It's not worth it, is it? It's not the wise thing to do. Is it wise for your health? Hmm? No. It's, it, you, it, you, again, don't ask right or wrong. Don't ask legal or legal. Is it wise for your health? Is it worth the risk to yourself or to others to go well above the speed limit. No, it's really not. Is it wise? I think if we ask ourselves, is it the wise thing to do? It's very easy to say, no, it's not, so I shouldn't do it. If we get into right or wrong, illegal, illegal, uh, is, every, is everybody else doing it? Uh, then we, we kind of get led down the wrong path. Let's, let's talk about another thing. I know this may, may feel, make you feel kind of awkward, but um, I know, I know it happens all the time, but some form of sending, and, and, and church lady talked about it a couple weeks ago at the panel, so for some form of sending pictures of yourself naked or of your privates to other people. Let's think about this. Is it right or wrong? Well, some people might say, oh, no big deal. I send it to my girlfriend, send it to my boyfriend. It's not that really big deal. Everybody does it. Some people might say, ah, well, you know, um, I wouldn't do it if other people didn't do it, but since they do it, no big deal. Some people might say, well, it's not illegal. I can do it if I want it. It's no big deal, but is it wise. Is it wise to put pictures of yourself that you wouldn't want everyone to see sending it to one person and not knowing what they could do with it? Is it wise for it to get sent into some server somewhere? Is it wise for it to follow you around well after that moment where you thought, oh, that's a good idea. And three or four years later, people still have that on their phone. Is it wise? Is it wise to to make yourself an object to someone else? Is it wise to send something that could send someone else down a path that is not good? Is it wise? Does it lead to good things? I think we can all agree, no. Again, if we ask if it's right or wrong, is it legal or illegal, we might, follow, we might come to a different story. But if, it's, if we ask if it's wise, we will know it's really not. But that's not where the question ends because there's a little bit more to it. Because we all have different lives, don't we? We have different pasts. We have different families. We have different current circumstances. We go to different schools. We're different ages. We have different uh, possessions. We have different personalities. And we all have different hopes and dreams. Some of you hope to go to grad school or go to law school or go to uh, be a doctor or something like that. Some of you hope, I just want to get an AA and I want to go into the workforce. Some of you hope that you want to live in another country. Some of you hope that you want to stay in Jacksonville. We all have different hopes and dreams. And we've all come from different places, haven't we? And so what's wise for one person might not be wise for another person. 
right? So if we get into what's right or wrong, uh, there's a lot of gray area. But if you say, is it wise for me to do this thing, knowing the family I come from, knowing the, the, the way things are going in my life right now, knowing where I want to be in the future, if you ask yourself it's the wise thing to do, then you can get very specific for you. Because what's right for Bryson Seabold is not necessarily wise for me. It might be wise for him, but it might not be wise for me because we're in different places in our life, right? We come from different families. We're different ages. We, we, we've lived in different uh, circumstances. And so we have, and we have different hopes and dreams. And so we have to ask ourselves the question separately based on our own circumstances. And so here is the full best question ever. In light of my past experiences, in light of my current circumstances, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? I think we can agree that it is not wise for an alcoholic to go into a bar, right? They have a past that has led them to a place of addiction. They have a past where they have messed up when it comes to alcohol. They might be currently sober and they might have been, been working really hard to be that way. And they have these future hopes and dreams that alcohol doesn't really, uh, doesn't really help them with. And so it is not wise for them to do that. For me, I don't even like alcohol. I, I can go to a bar and I can have a drink and it wouldn't be unwise for me because I won't be addicted because I don't like it. I don't like the way it tastes. I don't, I, I don't, I've never been addicted to it. I've never had a problem with it. My family hasn't had a, really had a problem with it. And so it's not really as big of a deal for me as it might be for this other person because we are different people. So in light of my past circum- experiences, my current circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Following God and his guidelines makes your life better. Following God and his guidelines makes your life better. I talk about this all the time. I talk about this uh, uh, in other sermons, other series at Epworth and all those kind of things. God's guidelines for our lives. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you go to church or not, any of those things, following God's guidelines for your life makes your life better. There is not one law in scripture. There is not one thing that Jesus calls us to do that makes your life worse. Yes, it may be hard. You might not like it in the moment, but it leads to freedom. It leads to a better place. Proverbs 19.8 says this, the one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who gets wisdom loves life, or, or you could say the one that follows God loves life. But the one and the one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. Here's what this is not saying. It's not saying you obey God, you go to church, and he's just going to give you everything you want and give you a bunch of money. This is what it's saying. If you follow after wisdom, if you cherish understanding, if you listen to God, if you follow after God, his ways lead you into prospering. It leads you away from hurting other people. It leads you away from hurting yourself. It leads you away from addiction. It leads you away from lust. It leads you away from unwise choices. It leads you away from danger. It leads you away from the world and its temptations, and it leads you to freedom. Following God and his guidelines makes your life better. And so we have to ask ourselves this question. In light of my past experiences, I want you to think for a second. Just think about, don't look at anybody, just kind of think in your mind. Think about where you grew up. 
Think about who you grew up with. Think about what your family is like, what your family's good at, what your family struggles at, what you're good at, what you struggle at. Think about your past experiences, what you've done, how you've messed up, what's been good. Think about those things. I want you to think about your current circumstances. How old are you? Where do you go to school? Who do you live with? What are you struggling with right now? What are you good at right now? What sports are you playing right now? Who are you hanging out with right now? How are you doing in school right now? Think about your current circumstances. So you thought about your past. You're thinking about your current. Now I want you to think about your future hopes and dreams. If you could have the life of your dreams, everything you've ever wanted, what would it look like? I want you to think about what you want, not what your your parents want for you, not what your friends want for you, not what the world says you should have, what you want for you. Because we all have future hopes and dreams. And in light of all those things, you have to ask yourself in each and every situation, what is the wise thing to do? Not what is right or wrong, not what is legal or illegal, not what is everyone else doing or what is the people in my my school doing or what are my friends doing, but what do you need to do to pursue wisdom? What is the wise thing to do? Perhaps hanging with a certain person that you know that you're friends with doesn't work for you. You know what you do when you're around that person. You know what situations you get in when you're around that person. And so you should not, it is not wise for you to hang out with that person. Is it right or wrong? No. Can someone else hang out with them? Maybe. But for you, because of what's happened with you, where they have guided you in the situations you have gotten into with them, maybe you should not be hanging out with that person or that group of people. Doesn't mean that they're any worse than you. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong to be friends with them. It doesn't even mean you can't love them because you should love them and you should treat them the right way. But maybe, maybe it's not wise for you to hang out with that person. So here's how we're gonna take action. And uh, since we're doing this on a Monday instead of a Sunday, you have one less day to do it. So it makes it even easier. Instead of seven days of doing it, I just want you to do it for six days. Here's the action step. I want you to ask yourself, it's very simple. I want you to ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do in every situation this week? And it could be very simple things. This is not all uh, about like these huge decisions, these huge situations. It starts in the very small, which will guide you into wisdom on the big situations. It could be something simple. You say, should I do my homework tonight or I'll do it when I wake up in the morning? Well, let me think. Last time I did that, I didn't finish my homework because I didn't wake up and I hit the snooze alarm a bunch of times. I didn't get that work done. I got a C in the class and uh, that didn't go so well for me. So what is the wise thing to do? I know my past. I know where I'm at right now. I know what I want to be one day. So what's the wise thing to do in this situation? What's the wise thing to do when it comes to this relationship that I'm in with this boyfriend or girlfriend? Is it wise to be in a relationship with them? And not is it right or wrong, not is it legal or illegal, is it wise? Because I know the situations we get in when we're together alone. I know how we push each other. I know the way we push each other's buttons or the way that we, that we argue or the way that we, we make each other unhealthy and we lead each other into regrets and consequences and problems. So what is the wise thing for me to do? You're about to sit down and watch Netflix. You're about to sit down and play some video games and you realize I haven't spent time with God all week. And you might just ask yourself, not what's right or wrong, not what's legal or illegal, not what would Ryan have me do or my life group leader have me do. What is the wise thing for me to do? Is it wise for me to spend time looking at this screen for the next three hours? Or is it wise to just stop for 20 minutes and listen to God and talk to God and read scripture 
That's not a guilt trip. It's just what is wise? What is wise? Do you get more out of that 15 or 20 minutes of Netflix or do you get more out of 15 or 20 minutes consistently spending time with God? Not what feels better, not what's easier. We know what's easier. It's easier to press play. It's easier to press power and watch the show or play the game. But what is the wise thing for you to do? You're about to talk to your, you're about to say something to a friend and you think, oh man, this might hurt them. Is it wise for me to say this? Not what will get a laugh, not, uh, not what will make uh, me feel good, not what is right or wrong. I know I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a broken clock right now. I'm saying the same thing over again. Now what's right or wrong, not what's illegal or illegal, but what is the wise thing to do? Should I actually say this to this person? And I just want to challenge you to do it for six days. We're going to give you a sticker as we do uh, in each series. And it just says, what is the wise thing to do? You can put it on your phone. You can put it on your, 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 drive, or your, uh, your, your rear view mirror in your car. You can put it on a mirror that you uh, get ready in front of each day. You can put it on your computer, wherever you're going to see it a lot. And I just want you to remind yourself in the next six days, that's just our action step. What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? And I want you to start asking yourself that. I can't tell you how many things I've avoided, problems I've avoided, Scars I've avoided because I've asked myself this question since I read this book 10, 12 years ago. What is the wise thing for me to do, Ryan? Should you do that? And I know when I don't listen to that, I've said things to people I shouldn't have said. I've put myself in situations that I shouldn't have put myself in. I've hurt people and hurt myself in a way that I shouldn't have done because I didn't do what was wise. I did what Ryan wanted to do. And it led me down a path I didn't want to be on and God didn't want me to be on. So ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do. And I want to encourage you to do it, to do it. Don't just ask yourself, but actually do it. Let me pray for you. And then uh, we're going we're gonna to close in worship, singing songs to the God that loves us. Jesus, I pray over our students. I pray over our adults. No matter what age we are, we all are imperfect products. We're messed up. We make mistakes. We hurt people. We hurt ourselves. We do things that are just stupid. Lord, we want to pursue wisdom because we know you want what's best for us. And in order to have that best that you have set out for us, we have to follow after you. You are, you are the definition of wisdom. You know everything we should do. And so I pray that over this next week, that the people in this room would ask themselves, what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to say? What is the wise thing to read? What is the wise way to use my time? What is the wise way to work, play, treat people, and treat myself? What are the wise things to put in my body? What are the wise things, or what are the things that are not wise to put in my body? What are the wise situations to put myself in? What are the, what are the things I should not, what are the situations I shouldn't put myself in? Lord, I pray over this room that we would seek after wisdom, that we wouldn't just learn by consequences and mishaps and struggles and hurting ourselves and hurting other people, that we would ask ourselves, what is the wise thing to do? And that we would do it. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. In your name.